You're listening to Wicked Thoughts, a podcast by Flair Castro. This show helps founders and professionals understand business trends, social media, digital lifestyle, and how to be a better entrepreneur. For season four, we cover topics powered by a dash of social. Let's start learning in three, two, one. Hi, guys. Welcome to Wicked Thoughts. And for season four, one of our guests right now, which I'm happy to talk to finally after a year, is Mr. Reynard Justin Bacalso. Hi, Reynard. Hi, thank you for having me. It's not my honor, <laughs> my pleasure. Guys, so Reynard here, he is a numbers geek at heart, and he loves to think about creative solutions in marketing, operations, and design. Even with his primary focus as the CEO of Augment Digital, a performance marketing agency that helps businesses grow profitably, he is also an avid learner with different projects in e-commerce, software, and DeFi on the side. So ladies and gentlemen, listeners, here we are. We have Reynard. Hi, Reynard. Hello. Thank you for the intro. And again, thank you for having me here. Um, and like you said, it's been so long since we've talked really. <laughs> yeah, that was last pre-pandemic. year. That was last year, right? Um, yeah, last you were year. one of the sponsors uh um, e-commerce summit namin with Miss Janet. That's what I remembered. Yes. yes. Augment Digital. Yeah. Oh, sponsor so namin long. yan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even before that, like for us uh, to really have an actual chat, I think it was in the company when we first met. Was that pre-pandemic even? Pre-pandemic, um, definitely. Yeah. And that was the first time that I actually met you and it was via yeah. Miss Joy Garingo of yes, the company. the connector of people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, she connects yeah. people, definitely. Hi, Miss Joy, mm-hmm. if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Well. So, yeah, I know we're going to geek out about a lot of things, but tell me, what has what has changed in the last year ever since I talked to you? I think your team, your team has grown so much. I looked at your, yeah. your website, huh? Ang dami ng team members. Yeah, you know, a lot has changed um, both for the good and, of course, for the bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as we, you know, we both run businesses, um, it's never always rosy. Um, it's never always, you know, um, success all the way. So, yeah, uh, since we last tried, I guess um, the team has grown a lot. Uh, we saw, you know, a good, uh, strong demand from uh, for our services, more on the advertising side, um, especially earlier this year. Um, yeah, because the pandemic really has pushed, I would say, online commerce a lot. And that's, that's really our core avatar, like, you know, e-commerce um, businesses. And uh, when that that happened really well, but then as probably everyone, you know, if you're into social media, I guess you guys have heard of the iOS 14, the Apple versus Facebook. Yep. Yep. And we saw that coming. Um, and at first it was like, you know, it happened and then like, it was cool. Like everything was fine. But we really started seeing its effects probably in August, um, June, July. July, August was when yeah. the delayed effects of that really hit. So um, that was the challenges we saw. So it was like a super big jump. And then the last few months has definitely been like uh, more challenging. Um, but that's part of the, the fun of it, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, like how yeah. to solve problems on behalf of the customers, diba? Right? I mean, that mm-hmm. kind of challenge. Yeah, for sure. So, you know. Um, it's uh, you know, it, it's been uh, definitely a challenging last few months on the on the agency side, and you know, not trying to hire anything that's really 
the reality of things, especially since most Agree. of our clients are e-commerce um, in the U.S. and you know Australia and things like that. Um, on top of Facebook, like uh, in the industry right now, in um, at least retail, like there's problems with shipping. And if you've uh, seen that yeah. with our clients, yeah. like containers are like five to ten x more expensive than they were. So we literally have clients that they're you know they're they're happy all that, but they literally have no stock anymore <laughs> um, oh. because goods are either stuck in a shipping somewhere or it's just too expensive for them to bring it to the U.S. from China and stuff like that. So um, that was also a big hurdle that we faced in that you know part of the 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 agency and the business. So um, lots of fun market forces just like <laughs> um, but you know it's still. Uh, you know, this, that's, I guess, the fun of business, which is you got to find creative solutions, right, um, to get Ooh. through these challenges. And um, what we did in the last few months is really start putting focus on more in the local scene, like, you know, mm-hmm. building the, um, trying to help more businesses here um, because we're, it's a newer market. It's more um, blue ocean, I would say, like, you know, um, it's still new kind of thing. So uh, we're hoping that we don't face as much, you know, problems so we'll see i know you've been in the local scene for a while now so um yeah yeah so it's a small uh, agency though not as big as yours i mean uh, you're doing performance marketing and this is something (laughs) that i think local businesses have to invest in more because they want to see the actual numbers and you as a numbers geek i'm sure you can easily prove to them why it's such a good investment so it's not really a problem Oh yeah. And, uh, even if even with that, it's actually a challenge. Like uh, oh, oh, oh. convincing them. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you know, you can't run but away yeah, from problems. Uh, for sure. <laughs> and yeah, and I think the last time we chatted, you just recently got married also, Devalas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was oh my god, things are really going really quickly. But yeah, I did. Uh just we got married around this time. Actually, it was our anniversary with oh, my wife. Wow. Like, uh, yeah last week so that's another reason why this week uh, i couldn't make the schedule last week it was because of that um so uh we were out for the week and yeah uh married for a year and we also have a, a daughter a baby already oh congratulations <laughs> so, yeah, yeah so what year could do <laughs> i know it's crazy but um yeah there's a lot also to learn in that experience um you know uh raising a child in like the pandemic i guess and you know the the crazy expenses that come with the pregnancy during the pandemic <laughs> so oh gosh, uh, yeah uh, you have to uh, for sure like isolate and make sure that everyone is healthy yeah. people yes, staying away isolate. from hospitals now yeah and when you get admitted you have to really get a covid test you have to oh. get pay for the ppe so um and back then uh she went into labor like february like COVID was still not dying down, I think. So, oh no, tests were still kind of expensive. So it was just like, you know, it was crazy. Um, but, but yeah, that's the, it's quite an experience. Um, <laughs> a year for Reynard to transform into a husband, a dad, and also like a CEO that's growing your company. But yeah, yeah. I want to, I want my listeners to know Mm-mm. who Reynard is before all this crazy oh. stuff. Like, who were mm-hmm. you? Maybe like, Bring us back to when you were in college. What did you take? What course did you take? And then what mm. were you like? Ayon, sige. Oh, very good question. I've never gotten that. <laughs> but uh, okay, so yeah. So what was I like? Um, I would say the number one um, uh, characteristic that I used to have that now I you won't believe that if I said it is 
I was oh. super shy. Like, Were I you? cannot, yes, like, I cannot, I, I'm socially anxious, like, very, very socially anxious, like, next level. I still am to a certain degree at this point, I think, but uh, it's much worse before. Not that it's bad, but, like, it's just who I was, in a sense. Um, like, a more physical example would be, like, uh, you know, if you're in a restaurant, you ask for water, you know, from the waiter or something. <laughs> I literally could not do that before because um, I would just be overthinking, like, what would this waiter think? Like, you know, who am I to ask something but like that? You'd someone. rather choke? <laughs> yeah, I'd rather just, you know, just like, you know, I was so, um, yeah, I was just so, I overthink a lot. Um, so the people aspect, I think, is something that, you know, people seeing me now would, would be, find it hard to believe that I was super shy, like super shy. Um, so yeah, that's the one. It's not and, believable, uh, promise. <laughs> like, you need the CEO, you need to be like out there, extroverted, mm-hmm. and all that. So, what did that's you true. take in college? I mean, what course did you take? Are you uh, still aligned I, with what you are now? Ano pa? Um, no, <laughs> I took uh, I was I took industrial engineering, so I'm an Whoa. engineer by uh, I guess graduation. Um, and <laughs> Uh, although I don't really, I'm not, of course, I'm not applying like I'm in marketing right now, but I think it's um, industrial engineering deals with systems and process right. and Whoa. making sure things are efficient. Ooh. So, you know, uh, people who look at industrial engineering, i.e. they like, they call it instant engineer <laughs> because mm. um, you don't really need a board exam and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but because it's it's a growing field, it's a, the newest kind of engineering, I think, Um um, but it's a, a kind it's a branch that supports all the other um, sciences because in every no matter what you do you need an, a system and you need efficiency system. so um, so that's really what we learned although what I learned there was more manufacturing kind of efficiency I think um, being able to pull what I learned there and apply it in the digital space um, was also what helped me um, you know be able to do what you know we've, I've been doing the last few. <laughs> years so although I don't, mm-hmm. yeah although i don't directly do it i think it's still been very helpful um the mindset i guess so that's great so you graduated ie and mm. then was this in the are, were you from the u.s because i saw your photo no. that's san francisco yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i am from here from cebu philippines <laughs> okay <laughs> and uh that was um uh we did very well for a client and i we flew i flew they flew me to their retreat um, and stuff. So, wow. yeah, that was the picture. And so many people think I'm from the US because of that picture. Like, yeah, of guy course. <laughs> like, like, oh, hmm, should, I, should I change that to the Mactan Bridge? Or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's more believable that way. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I know I'm from the I'm from Cebu, born and raised here all my life. Um, and yeah, um, that's yeah. So, so that's how did that. you get into marketing and performance marketing? And how do we mm. connect that? In your that's true that's a very good question <laughs> um and you know it's uh it's really a, a far you know far connection like i hmm. what happened was you know if we you know let's go into the story like it's um back in college uh, i was really focused on the engineering and then you know um i i did well in school um you know i i had you know good grades things like that um so i really had that path in mind already that you know i'll take this course i'm gonna get a job somewhere then you know, just live that life because both my parents uh, just had drugs. No, no entrepreneur in the, at least the direct family. I'm an only child as well. Um, but both my mom and dad just had regular jobs, like nothing, you know, just normal life, I guess. Um, and so that was kind of my idea. 
then what happened was um, around that time I also found an interest around first year I guess uh, in programming. So um, I I liked the idea that I could make stuff. So I tried it a bit, but nothing really came out. It's just a hobby. Um, but then in my second year, um, things got very interesting because I almost got kicked out of the university. <laughs> so yeah, so Why? it gets What's spicy. <laughs> So yeah, so um, what happened was um, uh, what happened was the short version is that uh, I cheated in an exam. Oh no! So, so yeah, and I'm happy to kind of share that. You know, I'm, I I like it's part of our values in the company to be completely transparent, and it will make sense when I tell the story. But um, what happened was again, I do well in school. Like uh, I I'm valedictorian, you know, things like that. I was a consistent dean's sister. And that was even a way I, I, for me, that was a way to support my, uh, my mom with the finances with my college because um, my parents are separated and she was the only one supporting me throughout college. So for me, I, I had no money, but then I could at least reduce my tuition um, being, a, being a dean sister and stuff. So, um, so that was kind of like how my life was up until that point where we had this class where I... Um, where I, I took it for granted because it was such an easy class. Like <laughs> it's like one of those classes where you just write an essay for the exam. Okay. Um, and I I'm not proud of it, but I did not study for it because like it was like a, not a very important um, you know, for me at that time. Minors. So, yeah. It was actually a major though. It was a okay. major, but what that felt like a minor because it was not math. Because engineering oh. is almost all about math, but it was like management, like management course or something, like basic management. So, you know, I was like, you know, management is pretty simple, so I was fine. But so there was this, I remember the question up until now, what's the difference oh between, gosh. yeah. Sorry. Just, what, what's the question? Yes, there are two, there, there's a, one exam, two questions, both were 50 points each. The, the question I did not know was, what's the difference between mentoring and coaching? <laughs> just that simple. And <laughs> so very simple question. And I just did not know. And I was like, okay, let me, I throw out my phone and try to search. So that was it. Uh, that was really the extent of it. And of course, I came up with my own ideas, but I just needed like a idea of what was the difference. Like I could make something oh. up. Yeah. So, um, so it wasn't really like you know I looked at a you know like a multiple choice thing. I looked at another. I just needed a, like a kickstart of what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happened, and um, the next day or the next week, um, we were told by the teacher of that class to kind of like come together to a classroom out of nowhere. Um, and then he said that you know he had CCTV footage of people cheating Holy. in that exam. Uh, so I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so oh he said to, you know, if you have to come forward or else, you know, you will get, we will, I will be the one to kick you out. So the situation there was, I, I technically was under the CCTV. So I thought that I wouldn't, I feel like I thought I, me and my groupmates in that area felt like we wouldn't have not been seen. But I really felt that it was not right for me to not raise my hand because I did do wrong right i was not i didn't want to hide it i wanted to own up to it and really that's again going back to that i said that transparency is a core reason a core principle of us at augment digital and everything i do is because if i were not transparent at that moment the next the the rest of my life would have not happened so me raising that hand my hand at that moment like i literally raised and everyone was shocked because of course i i was doing well in school i was you know all these things and they're like <laughs> even the teacher was like gosh i did not expect one this one person and i knew it was, it was me so um i so what happened short story is we actually went through not really legal cases but we talked with the student affairs and all that we had like hearings oh. and stuff 
Because this teacher was super strict about rules and technically cheating is a uh, uh, is a thing that can be you can be kicked out you can be yeah. expelled uh, technically of course everyone you know but like he was very you know by the book so um so we went through that and um i i we were like 11 <laughs> people and then um you know i i basically was the one like leading the the defense in <laughs> so um so that was your started, that was your uh, kickstart for being a ceo <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, you know, we were trying, you know, our strategy, I, the strategy we came up with is we cannot deny it. We have to, you know, really own up to it. And right. um, promise just we just won't, we wouldn't do it again. And we would, you know, uh, we really own up to it. So that's what we did. And thankfully, like, the student affairs officers were good. So all of that happened was they gave us, they failed that exam, basically got zero points in that exam. But the thing is, the subject was so easy. We only had like four exams. And the passing rate is 75%. So mm-hmm. if you fail one, you're already at 75. Right? So 75 minus a few more points, you already fail. So that's what happened to me that my score was like 74.9 or 74.5. So I was so close. <laughs> and um, just because I had another quiz that was like one point not perfect. Because um, everyone gets perfect in this subject. That's why it was so simple that, you know. So that's what happened. So I failed the subject. And because of that, um i was we were unsure if we could take it in summer and if we could not take that subject in summer we would be delayed a year so mm-hmm. because of that experience i was i already was thinking ahead like i'll be delayed for a year so my path that i initially thought i had is no longer there so that's when i started looking for a job um online and mm-hmm. that's really where it all started so at first i tried to look for programming i couldn't find anything then I I was you know I felt like I could write so I started finding a writing job, um, and then this was all on um, Odesk Upwork back then, mm-hmm. and um, on that writing someone looked someone saw it and like invited me and stuff like that, and their job was basically to be a VA in a marketing agency. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing their um, systems to like Infusionsoft before um, email marketing in a sense. And one of the clients he had was uh, needed Facebook ads and no one could do it so he gave it mm-hmm. to me. That's where I first tasted Facebook ads and the, wow. you know, the rest is the rest. <laughs> the rest is the so, yes. So that's how I started with a very gut-wrenching failure because um, for my mother, first that meant I could never be Dean's List again because it's already on my record. Ouch. So Oh, so that's another big reason that I really knew that I had to start finding a way to earn because that would really impact our finances as a family. So I, you know, I really, that's a big reason. I want to support my mom. Another more less financial is that I felt like, you know, I owed it to her to figure out to a way to make it work because she was also really looking forward to me like, graduating with honors but if you have that on your record you could never you will never be able to do so so although my grades you know not to you know brag but like you know my grades reached like um magna cum laude level um even with a (laughs) 5.0 um they they wouldn't they couldn't do it they couldn't um give me the award so um it's still up to this day my mom's like "Uh, yeah (laughs) like but my grade hits it but you know it's different (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's different, right? To be, I think, especially as a mom and stuff, I understand now that I'm a parent as well, like that sense of pride. And yeah, I think um, that's what the, the one thing um, that I guess really motivated me to kind of like prove the world wrong in a sense that doesn't mean this, I'll let this define myself forever. Um, and I used it really as motivation to really, 
um, find that job, to continue working. Then even after that first job, I found a better job at another Facebook ads agency. And that's mm-hmm. really where I got most of my experience. That was from my third year to my fifth year of college where mm-hmm. I actually I, I started in that agency and they had no advertising yet and we built it together. And by the time I stopped when I graduated, they were at 150 clients at that point. And I had a little team already that I built because um, I tried to quit multiple times. I was so stressed, like <laughs> doing college um, and that. So I tried to quit. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I don't care if I don't earn anymore. But the CEO of that company, she was like, is there a way we can get you in just even five hours per week? Um, uh, can you hire someone? Can you know? So I was like, okay, that's when I got my first taste of hiring people, oh. building systems. So um, in a sense, I was um, blessed with an opportunity to learn how to build a team very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that's where I got a lot of experience building systems. And again, like after a few months, the load would just increase. It's like five hours. The next thing I know, I'm working like 30 hours again. Oh. <laughs> and I, I tried to quit again. It happened twice. Uh-oh. I remember I tried to quit twice. And she was like, can you find a way to get you back? So, but the third time was really when, you know, she understood that I already could, you know, I had other clients already and stuff. And she's like, okay, it's fine. And I left them at a place where there's a lot of systems in place. There was already a team doing the ads. So um, we ended uh, pretty happily, I guess. So right. yeah, last piece of that story um, I didn't mention. Actually, that teacher who almost tried to kick us out uh, became my thesis advisor on the fifth year. <laughs> So he so was cool. my, yeah, so he was my advisor. And it's funny because we never talked about it ever, like this, that, that incident. And we're very good friends now. We're, you know, but we've never talked about it. It's so, it's interesting. So if he ever sees this, uh, sir, let's, uh, you want to talk about it? Tag him. Let's tag him. Uh, yeah. yeah, but. Um, shout yeah. out, sir. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, so that's why I really believe, you know, that if I were not transparent in that moment in time, this all wouldn't happen. So that's why I value um, that transparency. I'll go to, you know, I'll go to my grave being transparent. I don't care what happens because it's really, you know, I wouldn't be here without raising my hand that day. So, so yeah, that's the college story. <laughs> but then tying yes. it up now, it became a core value of Augment Digital in your team, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Like aside yes, from the is. things that you learned, um, being transparent and then also focusing on systems because, mm. you know, if you don't get this thing out and organized, you wouldn't have a business. Right. Yes. Exactly. Is this the thing yeah. that you're also helping out with with your customers now? Like, do you give them systems or do you just give them like mm-hmm. services Marketing. and yeah, deliver so, them numbers? How do you do it mm-hmm. now in Augment? Yeah. That's uh yeah. So right now we have Augment Digital and uh yes, I I really am a systems uh freak, but then I would say that there's cons to that as well. There's pros and cons to everything. Uh, too much of anything is not really great. But Agreed. what happened in um that so I started Augment Digital when I graduated 2018. Um, I basically already had maybe two clients of my own that were direct, mm. and I had that agency, right? So mm. I told the agency, um, I'm a you know, I have to stop because I'll work my own clients, I'll try to build my own agency, and you know, everything ended fine. Then I started building my own client base from there. So that's how Augment Digital started, started building the team and so forth. Then a few a year after, um, I um I have a uh I have a friend, I don't know if you know, his name is Fran, Fran Wobeduya. Um, he's also in the company, but now he's based in the US. Um, but we, we tried to start some ventures together in college. So we, he also took industrial engineering. And um, we, you know, we got together, we joined this, us, the same mastermind. And we had an idea of like, 
since uh, Fran is a very good salesperson, so he, that's what he does very well. Um, and I'm more of the operations um, slash marketing, more back end. I don't really like going out there, at least before. Um, then you <laughs> like get put into positions. <laughs> yeah, then at the end you get put into positions where you have to. So I've grown out of that. But before I was really introverted. I really like just dealing with spreadsheets. Um, you know, just doing some ads. But I don't want my face out there. So uh, we thought about um, why don't we work together. Um, to try and sell first we tried to start another agency like more real estate um, mm -hmm. like real estate serving realtors in the U.S. then that didn't really work out but we started seeing a niche where um, other agencies seem to kept, keep asking me like how do you run your team why is everything so systematized every mm -hmm. time I post like a screenshot of our KPI tracker thingy before um, mm -hmm. people would go like you know really ask me so we thought why don't we try to systematize that or build a business yeah. around that um, and that's what happened so we started you know it was a slow ramp up then um, we started getting more and more clients and basically that business is now called agency rocket fuel where we help other agencies in the u.s primarily the market is u.s um, build their systems um, basically systematize their agency the way we have augment so now that's a completely separate business from augment digital before it was in the same group like we had our team working at the same people who were working on our mm. systems augment they were doing that but then it got too crazy so we split it off and now it's its own its own thing um so it's running. you're now ceo of two companies is that uh, um not really side by side? <laughs> so that's more yeah so that's more partnership with fran fran's leading ah. that initiative more than me um uh so he's i would say he's more ceo i'm more uh, you can call ceo or something or you know whatever like partner mm. um so yeah, so I'm just there. I'm also just involved in uh, marketing and slightly so operations, but um, basically the it runs on its own self so fulfillment already. Like we, you know, um, the clients, the system is already pretty standardized. So system of the system. <laughs> um, so it runs uh, on its own pretty much, and I just advise more in the marketing. Um, yeah, so that's that's that yeah. business. Amazing. Yeah. So now you have two congruent businesses running side by side. That's really yeah. good for scale. Now, um, if someone would listen to this episode mm -hmm. and then ask you, because I know you mentioned uh, you're serving like e-commerce businesses, entrepreneurs, and also you're uh, you're serving the local market, basically here mm. in Cebu in the Philippines. Um, if they would app, uh, ask you or approach you about you know digital marketing and performance marketing, what are their mm -hmm. usual questions and like how do you answer them? Yeah, so the number one question, um, well, I guess in the international market, it's different from the local market. So I'll say right. it's international. Their question is really ROI. Like, can you mm, deliver true. a return? It's black or white. Because in the international market, uh, it's more sophisticated and there's a lot more to track because um, people transact online. So, you know, you have mm -hmm. applications like Shopify, WooCommerce, um, all that. And it's easy to see the data um, easily. Like you can see, oh, someone bought and it's this customer mm -hmm. came from this campaign at least before with ios 14 now it's you know completely screwed up but um so they're all about return right that's the immediate question like can you deliver the return um and with that at least uh social media is um really the how well can we do creatives because mm -hmm. um in the international side it's really volume game like you know um you gotta keep testing to make sure you're always fresh in the market and you have mm -hmm. something that scales well so um, that's really the two core pieces. Can you deliver return? Deliver return. Second is, do you have the capacity to deliver the amount of ads to deliver that return? And mm -hmm. so that's what we get there. And again, because that's they're more sophisticated. Here in the local market, 
first question usually we get is HM. <laughs> so the usual, you know, HM the usual HM, HM po, yeah, you know. Um, but jokes aside, the actually no, that's really the thing. Like, how much is the first question? It's not even like, will you get an ROI? Like, you know, it's, it's like, really can just I even much. afford you in the first place? That's yeah, the so that's the first question, right? So oh. um, it's fun. It's like a different experience, and it, I think it's because like here, it's really I think performance marketing isn't really a thing yet. Um, because it's hard to track here. It's actually very hard. Um, you know, like there's no, like transactions don't really happen online. They happen either in person or in conversation, right? For mm. local businesses. But if you say e-commerce here, um, even that's up in the air. Cause I know of businesses like e-commerce businesses where um, they don't even have a website. They run everything through messenger Ooh. and they make yeah. like six to 8 million per month. That's what I've heard. What? Some people And no website? Messenger. No website, yes. Oh, Actually, God. we are also doing some e-commerce already. So, and we only <laughs> run through Messenger. Um, and we're doing, you know, we're still starting, but it's doing better than when we have a website. So, very interesting. Yeah, because you uh, have your own business, diba? Like, yeah, we have... Uh, yes, we have like a lash growth serum. It's called mm -hmm. um, Siza, which is also the name of our daughter. <laughs> so, um, that one, um, uh, it's actually a very, like, it's been challenging to make that work because... First, probably me and Nika have my wife has no time mm -hmm. to manage it. But sure. second is like the webs websites seem to be tough to crack here in the Philippines unless you're in Shopee or Lazada. Um, the challenge with Shopee and Lazada is that you are you're gonna fight on price. And mm -hmm. um there for our product, there's a lot of competition, uh, cheaper, like you know, castor oil, things like that. It's like 50 yeah. pesos. So uh, that's why it was tough. So um, that's why that isn't, you know, to be honest, it isn't really working out for us. We haven't even recouped our investment in that business yet. Oh. And that's reality, you know, you go into business oh. like you know, things like this, like things happen. Um, but the newer one we started where we sell leggings um, is mm -hmm. all messenger, no website, no brand even at least yet, and it's it's profitable at least at a very small scale. Wow. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but you have to staff, you know, people to really answer the messages. Yeah, tama, um, to close it. So mm -hmm. yeah, so it's it's labor heavy, um, in a sense, but it's more it converts more. Um, mm -hmm. so to give an example, especially for those who are listening here who run ads and stuff, is um, you know, on the website, you know, the metric we really look at is return on ad spend, right? Which is yeah, the ROAS. Mm -hmm. Um, so on the website, at least for the the lash brand, it's like we spend one peso, we get probably 2.5 to 3 pesos back, right? So that's our return. Um, that sounds good, but then you factor in shipping costs, like product costs, um, returns, and, you know, it sounds nice, but actually you get zero or negative <laughs> after all of that. Now. So, yes, right? So, yeah, and so that's the number there. So Messenger, we spend one peso, We some days, on average, we get seven pesos back. Um, that's the return, the yeah. ROI. So if we can, if we spend, let's say a thousand in this today, on average we get seven thousand in sales. Um, so it's a bit more profitable. So, so that's the interesting thing I would say about the Philippine market. Going back to the question, is that people here love talking <laughs> to someone. Sure. It's like, uh, it seems like the market here. They, I think they're still a bit skeptical about online transactions overall. So they still prefer to talk to someone before POD, making any decision. Even yes, and everything is COD. COD. Oh. Yeah, there's literally no credit card present here. I mean, some people do pay, but uh, yeah, it's purely COD. Even that leggings one is purely COD for us. We don't do any Gcash, nothing. It's all COD. Um, mm. And at first, I thought like, that's so risky because what if they don't pay? 
But oh, you know, oh. you'd be surprised that people actually pay. Um, that it's actually a pretty high rate. So like, um, that's what people are just used to here in the Philippines. Um, and yeah, it's actually not as so, like risky you just have to thought. trust them that they will really pay. Wala yes. namang mga mga bad ano like bad stories or like terrible stories um, on e-commerce. No, on end. I mean you know it's it's natural already that you will have some people who cancel who won't accept refunds. Um, yeah, so there's refunds, but that's already factored into your I guess computations. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you can expect there's a um, industry average is around five to eight percent return. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning out of every ten orders, you may no out of hundred orders you get eight back something. So that should be factored in when you make you start a business like that. Um, but it's very interesting because like I know remember that you know that seller I said that does. 8M, at least before the pandemic hit them oh. from what I hear. They do order now, pay later, meaning mm. they deliver the product and you don't pay until seven days after you get the product even. Mm-hmm. So you pay through Gcash. So that's even more crazy because it's COD, but even more delayed. So I, I don't know. Like it's uh, It seems like people pay, end up paying anyway. Um, so it's a very interesting uh, market in the Philippines, model, I would no. say. Yeah, very different model. So we had to adjust really hard to really, we couldn't do the same things we did in the international side here to deliver the kind of, you know, results we wanted to. So there's a lot of adjustment. And um, so that was the big learning curve earlier this year. I have a a question also. Mm. like, What if they already have something like they have their Lazada, they have their Mm. Shopee. Do they still need to like run ads going to these platforms or should they be doing, let's say just messenger and then straight to their website? What's your usual take on this? Mm-hmm. So if they already have a Shopee Lazada presence, that's good, right? There's also mm-hmm. Shopee ads, Lazada ads that yeah. do very well. And what I also hear from these sellers is there are some brands in Shopee Lazada that make 80% of their month's revenue on the 10, 10, 9, Yeah. Yeah. Like, huge sale. Yep. Yeah. That's what I that's what I hear. Um, we've never really experienced it. Um, so I would say if you already have Shopee Lazada, there's value in driving traffic there, like directly there, because mm-hmm. you don't have to deal with fulfillment, you don't have to staff messenger and stuff like that. Cool. Um, the challenge with Shopee and Lazada is you will be competing on price, right? Um, it's a very competitive, I would say, platform because it's so easy to find other options um, mm-hmm. that you cannot control the narrative as well. The, the strength with direct to consumer or like you know you get you know you get sales directly on messenger or a website is you can control your positioning you have you're the literally branding. only their option the branding especially um, and price is yes it's a factor but not as much compared to if literally when you scroll down in Shopee you see recommended other recommended yeah, cheaper so, options canon. yeah so unless you have a very strong brand already also that you've built on Shopee um, or Lazada ahead or like somehow you have a very strong social following that will follow you wherever uh, and mm-hmm. they'll buy whatever you have. It's I would say it's a bit tougher to get into Shopee mm-hmm. if you have a more premium product because mm-hmm. um, unless you have a very clear differentiator um, because of that, like the price wars in a sense. So mm-hmm. And then yeah. for Deba now, parang it's very challenging. It's quarter four. Everyone's competing mm-hmm. on ads on Facebook. Everyone's trying to put it put put out their own ads so it's like you know everyone's competing with everyone and then mm-hmm. with the ios 14 challenge and all that i mean is it still viable to just focus on facebook ads now or would you recommend uh, for for example they always say now okay let's try out tiktok because it's a new platform how do you usually address these questions yeah so 
yeah, first is, is really good. Like, you know, that's definitely the challenge we've seen. And oh. thankfully, we've slightly planned for it, but we didn't plan for it soon enough. Um, my, you know, we've been reviewing, you know, what, you know, with the agency, we, we definitely got hit hard because we did not transition to local clients quicker. Oh. Mm-hmm. We did it towards September and it was already hitting us hard. So um, what I would say is Facebook, you know, the thing is with marketing, you got to go where your, your people are, right? The problem is the cost, right? But if you're pretty smart or like you know how to grab attention and, you know, really get people to talk to you and you have a manner of converting those conversations, um, I would still say Facebook is still a strong platform just because people mm. are here. But of course, it's more expensive. But how you beat the expense on like a platform like Facebook is just by having a better ad. Because um, the ads are, it's auction based. The more people engage on your campaign, the cheaper Facebook will give it to you. Because mm-hmm. for Facebook, like, you know, um, they get more reach. They get more, you know, um, engagement. And that's a plus for them. So I would say it's still good if you have a solid conversion process, right? Um, the Because the challenge with TikTok is, you, you know, not the challenge, but TikTok is actually also very good. So that's a second mm-hmm. platform we're trying to explore because um, we hear good things, less on the ads, but more on the influencer slash organic kind of marketing. So mm-hmm. uh, that's not our expertise. That's why we've never done it and we don't claim that we're good at it. But from what I hear from other people, they can. there's a lot of brands that do well just by sponsoring in micro-influencers. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, if these micro-influencers hit that For You page, they get so much views and they consequentially start getting sales. So... I would say TikTok is probably the most promising other platform, but mm-hmm. the reality is they're also probably um, they're plagued by the same problems as Facebook in terms of the tracking stuff. Ooh. So the ad side is not very. I think it's going to be weaker over time. It's just very cheap because no one is there. Like there's so much um, oh. attention there, but no one's advertising there because no one has, knows how to do it well. They don't have the content, right? But I would they say the, more, the code. Yes, no one has, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but um, I would say the organic, um, like, you know, paying influencers, that's actually a very, um, I would say, a good investment for brands, especially if you screen for the right ones and so forth, because when things go viral there, they go viral really hard and um, you can get a lot of sales from that. So that's what I think about that situation. Um, okay, so, yeah. that's, that's really good. So I thought... Um... I think we're about to ano na, like reach our time. But before yeah. that, really interesting na ano ha, insights from you. But what do you think is the future of ayun, B2B and social media? Yeah, so B2B and social media, I think in the Philippines is still very young. Um, it's very, very young. And um, there's still a lot um, to be explored, I would say, that um, it's a, <laughs> I'm just repeating myself. It's very young. Like it's a, <laughs> It's so different from our the marketing we have to do in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Both Augment Digital and Agency Rocket Fuel are both B2B businesses. Like mm-hmm. Augment Digital serves you know businesses for their marketing. Agency Rocket Fuel serves um, agencies, agencies in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Okay. When we market in the U.S., we have to make these crazy claims because there's just so many advertisers already making yeah. crazier claims. So this is why, like, if you see, you know, if people know, like, Ty Lopez, those people, this why they have to bring out the Lamborghinis and all that, because <laughs> you just have to out, out, out claim your competitor because the sophistication is so high. Um, so with Agency Rocket Fuel, we really have to find our positioning in the market. We have to be very, cons- you know, very specific with our messaging and so forth. But here it's a bit better because first, the costs are not much compared there. And uh, yeah. we can 
we it's still so new. Like people still have some fascination over seeing an ad that says, we'll do your social media. Even as simple as that, like uh, it has some traction. Um, in the in the US, you do that, no one is gonna click on your ad because everyone says that. Everyone but says here, that. Yeah, here it's still kind of new. So I would say, you know, in the Philippines, B2B and social is still a very fresh space that, you know, there's still a lot of um, innovation to be done on like how to best do it. But in the end, B2B, B2C, they're all like, you know, um, I learned this, I think digital marketer, like they're all H to H, which is human to human. Um, mm-hmm. So no matter how you sell, who you sell to, you're still dealing with people. And mm-hmm. in the Philippines, especially that matters a lot. So um, although social media is a channel to get attention, what really will matter if you're really thinking about investing into social media is how do you want to turn that attention into uh, a potential opportunity or revenue or a sale, right? Because you can invest into TikTok and, you know, hire an influencer, you get a lot of traffic, but if you don't do anything about it, you don't have a way to convert it or like make sure you attend to all inquiries. Um, it's still still not going to be worthy of an investment because you can't do much mm-hmm. post sale. So I would say that the traffic part is, I would say the simpler piece of the equation these days. Um, it's really the, how do you convert them or have the time to convert them as a business owner? What happens after the ad? Diba? Yes, after the ad is the the challenge we're seeing with a lot of business owners um, with what they're doing on social media. So, yeah. Yeah, so let's geek out. Web 3.0. Diba? Yes, You're exploring I'm, this as well. Pala. Yeah, I'm so new to that. So, I, you know, I, Are you playing I, Axie? I'm so, no, I'm not playing Axie. <laughs> so that's how I... Well, that's not the first place I've heard of it. So, again, my quick story. So, I'm... I'm pretty well versed with um, the stock market. Like I started mm, doing that. Um, talaga, your expertise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I started investing there late high school. <laughs> um, so like my mom gave me a bunch of her savings. She's like, do whatever you want with it. I was like, okay, can I try somewhere? <laughs> so, uh, so I was like, okay, I tried it and nothing really happened because the stock market in the Philippines um, and back then, it wasn't easy to invest in the U.S. stocks where all the action happens. Oh, now, mm-hmm. there's so many apps to invest in, like Tesla, Apple. So, True. But back then, you're, you you can only invest in Ayala Land, SM Land, you know. And those <laughs> stocks, they don't move. They're just like, because no, there's not much activity. Um, so I, I eventually got out. And, you know, um, the next thing I tried was I actually invested into Bitcoin, um, uh, third year college, when it was, the price was at $3,000. Wow. So, yes. Today it's sixty thousand, deba. Um, so you hold I, a lot I, of Bitcoin for sure. No, 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 no I don't. <laughs> so at that moment, three thousand, it went to six thousand, it went to ten. So mm-hmm. I, I, I invested just like maybe ten thousand pesos. I was just a college student and stuff, and that's from my early earnings as a freelancer. Then I got out. I sold out because I sold out because it peaked at twelve, I think, and dropped. That, that was one of the first. The first crashes of bitcoin early on i got out with enough profit i think i made like eight thousand and i was so happy like oh my ten thousand became 18 but if i had held on to that my ten thousand would be oh my god what two hundred thousand today um but i never held on to it because i felt like it was scammy i was like oh. what's its real value but now clearly um uh, there's definitely yes, it's stable oh, oh yeah it's stable it's um it's definitely a very interesting place. So just recently, like literally last week, <laughs> is when I started exploring it again because um yeah, I have a my brother-in-law plays Axie. My brother-in-law is like, you know, um, Nika's brothers, they play Axie. I know a lot of people play Axie. So I was like, what is this NFT thing? What is <laughs> what is, you know, and I keep hearing about it from people I follow in the marketing space already as well. Yeah. So I really started getting into it and I understood better how 
definitely has more leg. It's not really a scam. And <laughs> there's actual value and utility in what it's building. So um, yeah, I think that's I think that's the next, that's where the world is going kind of next, really. Um so now so, yeah. you're just building your portfolio of coins. Yeah, I'm like just reading and like what I'm interested in the most so far is like gaming. Like so Axie is, you know, yeah. Um for me, Axie is good. Um, but I'm more interested if one day I'm a I'm a I play basketball a lot. I like NBA 2K, you know, things like that. I'd be interested if how can they, you know, one day like you play a basketball game and you earn somehow. So I'm more I'm more excited about when they take mainstream games into incorporate it into some you know, Axie level stuff or something. In the uh, metaverse. What do you think yeah, about and, uh, meta? You I think that's <laughs> I think it's very interesting. Again, I'm very new to this, but I think it makes sense. And I can definitely imagine a world where that will happen. Like now just understanding it a bit more. I, I read that, you know, like Web 3.0 is about all about Twitter. So I, I made a new Twitter account. I have never checked Twitter in the last like wow, six years or something. So I was like, yeah, I, I was like, oh my God, like everyone's there. I got to make an account. <laughs> so I, I made one just like two or three days ago just to read up. And I read a thread somewhere that said that, you know, in the end, you you put utility toward, you put a value towards where you want yes. to put value. Yep. So if people start valuing digital, it's it doesn't matter if it's thin air or just like, you know, code, since people value it, it will have value, right? So that's really what the the thought that unlocked in my mind that, at first I was like, why would, why would people like pay thousands for like a, those, the monkeys and stuff like that? I'm clearly new to this. Even for points, <laughs> diba? It's yeah, more like parang thing. community already. Yeah. So, and the reality is, I realized after reading a thread is, it's because people find value in it. That's really it. Um, mm, if you think about it, like, sample gold. Like, why does gold have value? Yes, it's scarce. It's hard to find. But why did people care to find it in the first place? Right? <laughs> like, we can have a rock there and say, let's, you know, let's put value put on this value rock. value in it. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we collectively, I guess, as a human race decided that this yellow rock will have some value because it has some scarcity. And of course, there's cost that comes into, I guess, like, you know, getting it. Mining But it's it. the same idea. Mining. I guess that's the same exact idea as crypto because people are mining it. Um, so there's some value because there is an investment made to kind of acquire it. Um, and because people just think it's valuable and that's really it. Because like that rock, it's like, yes, it's worth like a thousand or whatever is gold worth now. But it's only worth that because us as a human race kind of said that's worth a thousand. Um, so if we feel like a piece of, you know, pixel art or something is worth a thousand, then so be it, right? There's no, you know, we can't really resist it. So um, I think that's going to be a very exciting space. And um, just like Axie has really helped, you know, Filipinos earn in this time. Um, it's going to be so exciting when it gets more mainstream adoption, uh, more games and more, you know, use cases outside games, like with finance, even I think loaning and stuff like in like, you know, there's so many stuff happening that I'm still reading into, but It seems very promising. Exciting and I think, times. Definitely. Yeah. We have to learn as we go. Ayan. Yes, for sure. I don't so. want to let you go, but you know, um, <laughs> yeah. I have to ask na. Sige. What, yes. What's your final wrap-up wicked thought that you can leave our listeners? Um, even if, <laughs> Wicked <laughs> thought. So I would say it's uh, it's very interesting. Uh, nice way to end the, the podcast. Um, but I think... Um, I think I can bring it back to that transparency thing that you really cannot go wrong by telling the truth no matter what. Um, I think it's scary, even for myself, it's so scary. Um, like, again, complete transparency, Our, the company did experience really hard, you know, like, you know, financially even the last few months because of the shifts we've had to make. But 
um, one thing I made sure is I literally shared our profit loss to everyone as it went. Um, so nothing is hidden. Everyone knows where we spend their money, how much money we make, how much each person makes. It's all out there. And I plan, you know, once we stabilize first, I plan to make that even public to everyone so everyone can really see. And I really um, believe in that, that transparency is going to, you know, win over anything. Now just, wrap, just trying to connect the dots. That's basically what crypto is even. It's all about, you know, transparent, decentralized kind of like um, decision making. So, yeah, I think that's my wicked thought that you won't go wrong if you tell the truth, no matter what, I think. <laughs> And that's Reynard Bacalso, everyone. Thank you, Reynard. All right. Thank you, so where can Where can our listeners uh, talk to I'm, you, visit you, or stalk you? Um, I um, It's funny because we do social media, but I'm not active on social media at all. <laughs> not even so, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, not even Twitter, um, Facebook. And, uh, I use Instagram, but I don't post. Um, so I think the best way to find me is to search up Augment Digital. Um because you know my team tells me to make videos, so I make videos there. <laughs> so um, so you will see me there. Um, but other than that, I I I think I would say I'm, you know that my introverted side is there where I, I like to keep it private and stuff. Um, really just enjoy the ride. But if you really want to talk to me, then Augment Digital probably because you know I I kind of you know need to as the <laughs> CEO. <laughs> so yeah, for now, for now, and let's see where the future uh, holds. All stuff. right. Thank you so much, Reynard, for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, too. Okay. And that was the latest episode from Wicked Thoughts. This season is sponsored by The Company Co-working Space in Cebu and Content Dash, a simple and fast social media content planner. Sign up for a free account at www.contentdash.app. Tune in for more Wicked Conversations right here at Wicked Thoughts.